Here's the deal. Let me ask you, what are you doing in this season? And now some of us are at an age that doesn't matter to us anymore. But we have a lot of influential parents and younger adults in here that you need to really be wise in your behavior during this season. Things we allow, things that we entertain, things that we watch, things that we get involved in. And some of you are saying, oh boy, we're going to get on a soapbox. I'm not getting on a soapbox, but I'm going to point some things out. That in our lives, there are certain things that we need to be aware of that we open doors to things in our life. I've shared with you before, my wife used to watch that woman, um, Ghost Whispers, or what it was. And she watched it for a few months there, and all of a sudden things were just not right in the house. And there were some peculiar things that began to happen. You may think, oh, they're kooks. Probably, but that's beside the point. Things began to happen because doors were open, and it wasn't intentional. And here's the thing about things we open ourselves up to. It doesn't have to be intentional. When you get on Facebook and you talk to the wrong person, you may have the right ambition and the right reason for talking. But the thing is, once you open doors to certain things, now you've got to deal with the issue of attachments and try to close the doors that have been opened. And it's so critical in this day and this time that we are super aware of things that we are involved in. So let me ask you, what are you doing? What are you preparing for? What does your yard look like? And some of you are going, oh my goodness, he's out here going crazy. If we had little kids at our house and there was witches and tombstones and things all over our yard, we are opening up some things and introducing our kids to an environment. We got it? We are introducing our kids to an environment that is not positive. And I'm not hating on you. Man, I haven't been by anybody's house in here. I haven't went by and took photos and, and went sending them to everybody. And look, they've got orange pumpkins with fangs. or It's nothing like that. I'm just saying in general, we have to be wise to the things we open ourselves up to. And this is a perfect timing. Can you find the one with the lady and the video part of it, not just the words? When you find the one with the woman and the little girl, that's the one we're going to show. So we'll come back to this, y'all. Turn the lights back up. This is really a, a, an interesting evening. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I wasn't clear enough about that, Misty. Forgive me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is where we're going to go. But things that we open ourselves up to, and that's, that's the perfect thing about this song. There was a, well, you'll see it in a few minutes, and then we'll talk a little bit about this. 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 10 verse 21 says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, but all things, but all things edify not. The reason I want to read this is that there's a lot of things in our lives and in our culture and in the day in which we live that may be permissible. But it is not justifiable. It is not right in the life of a believer. I could go into a whole lot of things that, that maybe dabble around with, the things that are little weak compromises. But to really be honest with you, there are certain things we as a believer have to abstain from. Even the appearance of something that is questionable. Whether it is some place you go to. I remember uh, back in the day when we worked at Teen Challenge, there was a lot of staff members that would who had money back in those days, they would order food at a place called the Pilot House. And the Pilot House was the place that every guy that left Team Challenge, every guy that ever snuck off the hill, you know where they went? They went to the Pilot House. You know how many times I heard stories about a guy sneaking off the hill and going to the Pilot House? Multiple. Multiple. Because it was an environment that was conducive not to something for their future, but it was always conducive and alluring to something of their past. 
And when they would go there, a lot of staff absolutely might go there, but most of us would not have went there anyway because of the association. Because it would be questionable. It would be like us pulling in with the First Assembly van, pulling into the pilot house and ordering a bunch of food. It doesn't matter. There are certain things you try to abstain from. And it isn't that you're paranoid. It isn't that you're going to hell. But there's little things that people question. Because if you haven't noticed this, there's always somebody looking to catch you in something. Especially if you're a new believer, all of your friends are looking at, ooh, the new Holy Joe, the new Christian girl, the new believing guy. They're, they're looking for something, a weak link, a questionable thing that they can point to to show you that you're really not what you think you are. So let me ask us tonight, what is it that we're doing? What is it that we're promoting and what is it that we're doing as, as a believer in the life of this? I'm going to stop here because some of you automatically have just shut your ears off because this isn't pleasant to you. And it isn't that I'm trying to ridicule or put down, but I'm talking to you about things that we open doors to. Because the reality is we have enough things already bombarding us from the outside. But when we willingly begin to open doors, and we willingly begin to open windows and allow things that have to do with spiritual things into our life, it can be extremely detrimental down the road. So my first point in this passage is this. There is a definitive difference between the cup. The cup is the lifestyle of a believer than an unbeliever. It is not one of arrogance. It is not one of prideful. It is not not a life that is full of compromise. But it is something about the life of a believer that should be respected enough that you live a life that's different than everybody else. There shouldn't be a comparison between you and everybody else up and down the road. And this isn't about pride. But there is something about me that I value who I am in him enough that I protect where I go, what I do, and what I participate in. Does that make any sense? Now, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit because a lot of times in Christianity, we always put all these rules upon everybody. And we give them a list, basically, theoretically, that they had to go by. And it made everybody in bondage and everybody felt inhibited. And everybody felt, if I break a rule, I'm going to hell. And I'm not saying that, but I am saying this. There's something different. It's like a guy who's married should be behaving differently should be behaving differently than a guy who's not married. And when you are a believer, you are married. And you should be conducting something that is right and reflective in the eyes of the Lord, not in the eyes of everyone else. Because you were bought and you were purchased and you entered into a covenant relationship between you and Him. That you don't allow certain things back into our lives. You just don't. You got it? Let's start it. And you may wonder why I played that. If you notice in the first part of the video, when Zach begins to sing, the door the door's cracked open about two inches. And there's something on the outside, and what do you see shining in? You see light. But yet the door is open. The door was open in something different then than it was when the little girl was small. The door had been open and revealing something and exposing her to something the little girl should have never been exposed to. And it's the same way with us. In the lives of, as a believer, there's certain things we have to abstain from. Certain things that we don't buy and drink the Kool-Aid. We don't fall for it. In this season, but what do we do and how do we participate? Am I telling you that your kids have to be segregated from school and they can't go to the party? I'm not saying that. But I am saying this, don't go around promoting something that represents anything but Christ. If there's anything about Halloween, it has nothing to do with Christianity, has nothing to do with good values. It has to do with things that are evil and scary and fearful. And that's just the way it is. Why would you and I do anything that would entertain that in our house? 
Now, my wife has a great ability in, in our house, and, and when it's just me and her there, or, or it's quiet or whatever, and, and she has this great ability. She's, she's really good at it, and she'll act like she's innocent, and I, I was just standing there. Yeah, you're just standing there, but it's like when us guys go from one room to the next, and we walk into the next one, and she's standing like this, just waiting for me to, don't do that. You know, and that's the thing. Sorry, but she does. And it isn't funny. It really isn't. It ticks me off. Because if I'd done that to her, there'd be a door slammed or something would happen, you know. So it would be different. But anyway, don't go there. So here's the deal. Fear is an issue that we should not be promoting. It's something that we should be abstaining from. If you go to Mark 5, and we were standing there worshiping, it came to my mind a couple weeks ago when I shared about in Mark 5, whenever the guy needed a miracle for his daughter, Jairus, and he needed a miracle. And he kept getting these delays, and things were going the way they were want. He was wanting them to. And the woman came up with the issue of blood and all these things. And as soon as that's over, he starts going home. And they run up, and they say, why? Don't bother the master. Your, your daughter's already dead. And then, you know, his heart dropped even more. But what did Jesus say? Don't be afraid. Only believe. How many of us have ever lived in a house when a car's go by and you see shadows? There was a person there at the other window. I seen it. Jesus, 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 cover over the head. Jesus, Jesus. Why? Because we call upon the name that brings peace in the midst of fear. So if we as believers want peace in our life, why would we open a door to allow fear to re-enter into that life? It is just preventative maintenance. Why would we ever do anything that would usher in a presence that has no business being in our house? You don't watch scary things. You don't allow things that... Oh, let me ask you. When you hear that, that show, Friday the 13th, part 17, or whatever it is, and you hear about these... Where does that come from? Where does it... And I know some of you say, well, you know, it's a thrill or whatever. But there's certain things that we have to learn to back away from. Certain things, you know, Josh and Andrew may love to sit up and watch scary movies at night when the boys are all in bed. They may love to. I know Josh is kind of a sissy and Andrew's kind of tough, but, but they may like to do that. But the thing is this, allowing that entertainment in their house is opening things to those kids because all it takes is one kid waking up and walking in at the wrong time, being exposed to one thing, exposed to one thing's demons, shut up over there. Anyway, and so you're exposed to one thing. Okay, that was wrong. That was not from Jesus. Okay, so, but uh, don't, don't lose me. Don't let me lose you. One exposure can create a whole havoc of other issues within the house. Parents, in this season, and believe me, whatever you do at home is your business, and I'm not going to your house to, to ridicule you, but I'm going to tell you this. Use wisdom. Why entertain anything that is anything outside of, of, of faith and promoting life and promoting hope? You know, we do a thing here next week. It's called a trunk or treat. Why do we do it? Because it gives people an opportunity to come to church and be exposed to something wholesome. Because they're going to go out there and find it. I remember as a kid back, way back in the 70s, and we never got to go trick or treat. And we never got to dress up. We just didn't get to, you know. Uh, it represented things. And if you do a lot of study on it, you know, to be honest, there's a lot of evil stuff that goes on. If you know anything to do with Satanism or the occult, it always happens. That's their, that's their pinnacle. That's their resurrection Sunday. That's their Easter weekend. That's their time where more things go on. And, and it just opens doors to things that we should, not be, um, we should not be involved in. It may not seem to be a big deal, but let me ask you, is it beneficial? Why would we entertain an evil presence? Why would we entertain an evil place? Why would we entertain that evil mentality? If my wife come in dressed up like something evil, I would tackle her. 
I would knock her out. If you come into my house and you got something on you and I've got a bat on me, if I don't know who you are, I'm taking you out because I don't want that evilness coming into our house and into our presence. In the book of Deuteronomy, if you go there, Deuteronomy chapter 18. And you may think, well, you know, you know, it's just different times. Let me tell you, Satan is no different today than he was 2,000 years ago when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. But in chapter 18 of Deuteronomy, man, I've used Deuteronomy more the last couple months than I've ever used it in the history of, of our, my wife and I's marriage and, and ministry. But in chapter 18 and verse 10, it says this. Um, let me get to it. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. This is something that Brian Porzio shared a couple of, uh, several years ago now. Or that useth divination, or observeth at times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or of a necroma. That's, that's the word. That's it. What she just said. For all that we do, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Because, because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them from before thee. And I want to stop here because what, what is happening when you and, I, you and I allow things that are evil to be welcomed into our house? I'm going to tell you that one thing always happens. And you can take this however you want, but it's the truth. When we allow evil to enter into our lives and into our home, we are banishing the presence of the Lord. Because He will not dwell. He will not stay. His conviction will not be there when we entertain things that are less than holy and just. Sin is one thing. But when we openly open the door to things that shouldn't be, we've got to use wisdom. Why would we want more headaches? Why would we want to open the door to things that could open other things up? In 2 Corinthians, in chapter 6, if you would go there. The passage I'm about to read, we often think that it's, you know, just about marriage, but I don't believe it is. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 6. Come up here, Josh, if you don't mind. Now... If, if Josh and I, little Josh and I were going to go somewhere, he, he's getting taller, put your hand on my shoulder. And don't get behind me, I don't trust you. Put your hand on my shoulder. I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder. And let me ask you, who's going to be more comfortable standing in this position over a long period of time? Probably me. Why? Because my hand is resting down. His has to be lifted by his own self. and has to be somewhere that's not going to be as comfortable. We're not equally yoked. Now, if I bring somebody up, Phil, if I had Philip, you don't have to give him. But if him and I were here, we're going to be kind of the same level. It's going to be equal. There's going to be a balance between us. This is not going to be. If me and him are on a safari adventure and I'm the one that got hurt, am I going to be able to depend on him to pack me out? Probably not. Would he be able to depend upon me? Hopefully so. Unless gout is really bad, I would be able to pack him out. But you have to be equally yoked. And what I'm going to talk to you about here is what are you yoking yourself to? What are you and I joining ourselves to? Yeah, that was kind of lame, but it worked. Um, and in this passage, I'm just going to read it. I know, I know it's taken in relationship, but the principle is exactly the same. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And with what, com and with what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part of... Hath he that believeth with an infidel? 
And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? You are the temple of the living God. Did you catch that? You are the temple of the living God. I dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come ye out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean things. There is something about what you yoke yourself to that you will take on the nature of that. How many of you have ever picked up habits from a friend? Anybody? You know, I don't know what my laugh is like. I don't know. I don't know. But there's one guy that was coming here, and I'm, I'm working on him. And, but um, I've caught myself laughing like this guy. And I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to try to laugh like Jason Madison. <laughs> Whatever his laugh is. And I've noticed because it's so contagious, I hear three or four of us laughing just like stinking Jason Madison. I don't know. It's kind of annoying, maybe creepy. The way he laughs. I don't know. But there's something about it. And whatever you join yourself to, you begin to become like. So what is the importance about joining relationships? Learning to join yourself to the right environment, the right relationship, the right thing. Am I killing you? This season has become so materialized, just like everything else. But the thing that I think that we have forgotten is that this season is a spiritual season. This is not October. This is not Valentine's Day. This is not, I mean, this is October. This is not uh, Thanksgiving. This is, yeah, this is not Valentine's Day. This is a spiritual weekend of evil. So you and I need to really guard our hearts on what we join ourselves to. Period. 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 Have we said enough? Well, I'm not done yet, so just hang on. We're getting close. Joining ourselves. You know, when my wife and I got married almost 31 years ago, she didn't know what she was getting into. She had no idea. She didn't. I didn't know what I was getting into. She didn't know what the dynamics of all my family was going to be. I didn't know all the dynamics of her family was going to be. But over the years, we've had to jockey and live and survive through all the elements of the things we joined to. And so it's so critical. Let me just read my notes now. Unequally yoked. What do you join yourself to? And why would you join yourself to something that's questionable? I will dwell in them, verse 16 and 17. I will dwell in them, verse 17. Touch not, don't get involved, stay away, beware, and then I will dwell in you. In Ephesians chapter 4, if you go over to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that steals steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, and working with his hands, the thing which is good, and he may have to give him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, except to the good that, except for what is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. And that's what I want to focus on. Whenever certain things get ingrained in your soul, you begin to grieve Him. I've been grieved for years. I've watched my kids before because they join themselves to anything other than us and the Lord. And you have no idea if you haven't experienced that, the grieving that you go through, the grieving as a parent, the grieving as a husband and wife about things that go on, it is a grieving. And when you begin to grieve, it's, it's, an, it's an emotional thing that there isn't a quick fix to. But you're grieving because of the hurt, because of the decisions that others, and I believe it's the same way with us. In the Old Testament, in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, in chapter 4, we have a scenario with Eli. And Eli's sons were at battle with the Philistines, and, and both of his sons were, were killed. And when he heard that they were both killed and the ark of the Lord was taken, 
he fell off off his stool and he landed on his neck and he broke his neck. And his daughter-in-law gave birth to a son. And the name of the son was called Ichabod because his glory has departed because the ark was taken. Let me stop here and we're almost done. <clears throat> you and I can, we can talk about a variety of things and, you know, your family traditions or things you do. And the only thing I'm trying to say to you is that you and I need to be aware of things that we can do in our own lives that will cause his presence to not be there. You know, we know that God himself, he looks at us with grace and mercy and he loves us more than anything we could ever imagine. But even in the midst of his love, there are certain things that he has to turn and kind of lift his hand. Eli's son was born and called Ichabod, the glory had departed. And I begin to think, and this is what I'm going to close with. Here's what happens when things begin to go and you open doors in your life. And we watched the video of Chain Breaker. And the first thing that happens in your life, and I want you to stay with me. And this applies to not just Halloween and evil things, but it also applies to everything. The first place that open doors get to is your mind. And once you begin to get conceptual thoughts, and it's the same way with a man and a woman. When a man begins to think about another woman that he shouldn't be thinking about, or a woman begins to think about another man that she shouldn't be thinking about, that's the beginning because nobody can see it. Nobody can understand it. It's all within. But over time, that will not just stay in your mind. It drops from here to here. And once it drops to here, now you've got a lot bigger issue. So what you and I have to do when we recognize doors that open and off, we have to learn to shut them quickly. When you begin to entertain things here that shouldn't be there, you've got to learn to override it with what? The Word. And abstaining from certain things or getting involved or, or get busy, get your mind occupied. So it goes, open doors always enter the mind first. Intrigued in the thinking, intrigued with the circumstance. And from the mind, it then goes to the heart. And as it migrates deeper to our nature, eventually the third part is it begins to come out of your mouth. Matthew chapter 15 says this, thy words, uh, thy words defile yourself. From the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Your words begin to defile you. And let me talk to you about just attitude for just a minute. When you begin to think things that shouldn't necessarily be there, and all of a sudden your heart begins to follow your mind, it isn't long that your mouth begins to say things. Ephesians chapter 4, we just read that whenever you begin to speak things, you need to be extremely cautious because you'll begin to, you'll begin to validate things that shouldn't be validated. And you open yourself up to other issues from that. And then after you begin to speak it, then you begin to enter into wrong relationships. Opening the door privately begins to open the door publicly. And I know I've been talking about this week, but it's talking about sin in general. Things that we open ourselves up to is things that doesn't just stay here, and then here, and then here, but then it becomes here. So don't be opening your house up. Guard your house. What you watch, what you entertain, the things you talk about, the activities you get involved in. I hope I haven't made you mad and wasn't to make you mad, but it is for us to, to understand. Because fear is the one thing that often we kind of get whatever, I don't understand it, but we like fear. I don't like fear. I don't like being scared. I kind of like scaring people sometimes, but I don't like being scared. I mean, I don't know what it is about us that we kind of get excited about the fear thing, but, but I know fear is never from God. And when we fear Him, we need to fear Him with reverence, but not fear Him as a surprise, as something evil and fangs and teeth and horns and, and whatever. So folks, guard your hearts. 
because your influence is greater than just on you. It's about all those that are around you, especially you parents who have kids and things. Man, guard your hearts. Be careful what you allow your kids to dress up as. I'm going to give you one last story. How many of y'all like, if we ever had a couple in this church that like to dress up, I mean, if we ever had anybody that likes to dress up, it's Ross and Laura. I mean, it is Ross and Laura, yeah. And they're awesome. I mean, from, from the, some of the 70s hippies to the gangsters and whatever it is, they're just great at it. And, and the main reason they're so good at it is, is Laura says, you're going to wear this. And he goes, okay. And yeah, you're going to wear this. Uh, okay. You know, whatever. Uh, he don't care. He's E.T. If you ever go to high five him, he does this. I don't know if he likes E.T. or something. But he t- you know, it doesn't matter. So here's Ross and Laura. Doggone it. What was my point? Honey, you're exact. Man, it's good to be married for 30 years. Here's the thing about dressing up. You can begin to get into role playing as you dress up. And you may think that's far-fetched and crazy. But there's a guy who was a great actor. He worked with Mel Gibson in uh, The Patriot. How many of y'all seen the movie The Patriot? Dude, awesome Mel Gibson. His son in that movie, his name is Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger got into a role in one of the Batmans, and I haven't watched them, but one of the Batmans movies he was in, and he became the Joker. And here's the thing about role-playing. Now, some of you will think I'm a little strange, and it's true, I am, but the, the Heath Ledger thing, he became the Joker in one of the Batman series, and he became so engrossed in the Joker that he became the Joker in real life, and he drove himself insane, and he OD'd on drugs. He became reclusive. He got separated from reality. And here's the thing. You may think I'm throwing you, telling you things that you shouldn't open yourself up to, but I'm telling you this. If Satan gets not just a toehold and not just a stronghold, but if he gets a whole foothold in, he's going to take you to a place and take you down to a place that never should have been. But he never get to the place that it never should have been if you open your doors. Keep your doors shut. Keep your windows locked. Guard what you allow, the things you you watch, the things you participate in. Because I'm telling you, those are avenues that God's presence is not in. Just not. Heath Ledger died in his 20s because he liked to dress up. And he dressed up and got involved in something that was over his head. And I'm going to be really candid. You and I are no match to Satan. You and I are no match to him. But when His grace, when Christ's grace and His blood and His atonement is upon us, and we're walking with His anointing and we're walking with His hedge of protection about us, Satan is no match for us. That's the difference. Don't open no doors. Don't open no windows. Guard your heart, especially in this week to come. I will tell you this. There will be Satanists and people involved in satanic things that we'd be praying against this church. We'll be wanting to sabotage and do things against us. So just guard your heart. Yeah. Guard who you entertain into your life. You know that text message you get from that old guy, that old girl, you need to delete it. That person begins contacting you that shouldn't be contacting you, don't answer them. You've got to learn to value yourself more than, than you do. Because, friend, you've got a purpose. And you've got a direction. And you've got a reason for being here. I'm done. God is still good. And if you're mad at me, I promise you, you can get over it. You can forgive me. But I just really want us to keep our hearts tender and careful on what we entertain and what we subject ourselves to. Would you stand?